0: Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hey, hey, Lindsay here. I just wanted to offer a little trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. I do tell a story where I talk about my dog getting injured. And so, if that is something that is upsetting to you or triggering you, might want to skip this episode. If you are that person and you do still want the information or content in this episode, please feel free to reach out to me through email at mindfulasamotherpod at gmail.com and I will get you the information without the story involved. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother, Lindsay here, and I'm so excited for today's episode because it's not something that I have heard talked about a lot, but especially in relation to kids. Today's episode will be about closing stress cycles, what that means, and why it's important, especially for our kids. The thing that I get asked about the most hands down in DMs on Instagram and on TikTok is how do I help my child with emotional regulation? And there's many different like versions of this question, but this is a really good way to start setting your child up for a healthy nervous system and emotional and for healthy self-emotional regulation throughout their life. So I'll just jump into it. If you have any questions, email me at mindfulasamotherpod at gmail or you can DM me at lins underscore adams lcsw on the gram. If you've listened to any of Brene Brown's podcasts or her specific episode about this in relation to burnout and adults, you'll know that the stress cycle and closing the stress cycle importantly. Closing the stress cycle is correctly is something that is very important for our nervous system health. The stress cycle is basically your fight or flight cycle. So there's a buildup, you get stressed or anxious about something, and then you go into fight or flight. And then a lot of times what happens is we don't calm ourselves down from the fight or flight. We just like let the adrenaline wear off and stay there. And we never signal to our body that we are safe. What that does is it teaches our brain and body to stay in an activated state and creates nervous system dysregulation issues, which can then lead to anxiety, depression, and emotional regulation issues. So when you or your child go into fight or flight, closing the stress cycle is the thing that signals to your brain and nervous system that it's safe. It's cool now, things are okay. Let's illustrate this by taking it back to beginning times. When our ancestors survived a threat, Say a bear is like chasing them, they might have achieved survival by like running away from the village, getting their cross. I guess they didn't have a crossbow. I'm not a bow person. They got their bow and arrow, they shot the bear, the whole village cheered. And in that moment, the person who like had to run away and shoot the bear bear, they both you use, they used both the fight and the flight, but the cheering, killing the bear, or shooting or wounding the bear signaled to their brain and body that, like, hey the stress cycle is tied up. This moment is over. The problem with stress cycles in our modern society is typically our stressors or things that send us into fight or flight are not real, quote unquote, real danger. Now those things still definitely exist, um, as far as like um, being physically or emotionally threatened, but, um, sometimes it is just, you know, traffic that sends us or our kids and our over, who are overstimulating to us and the noise that they make sends us into a stress cycle. And if we don't close that properly, it never gets closed. So what happens when we start a stress cycle or we go into fight or flight is our adrenaline spikes. If we choose flight uh, in our modern society, usually our body is saying run away. This is when people isolate Isolating serves the purpose of the terrifying thing not being able to get to you. But other than that, what we typically do is we scroll on our phones, we eat a whole sleep of Oreos, or if it's me, you DoorDash crumble cookies and distract yourself with the newest season of Stranger Things. The problem with this is you haven't completed the stress cycle. When this happens on the daily, your stress cycle response is in chronic activation, to teach our kids how to close stress cycles because if they don't learn to do these things in childhood, a few different things can happen. One, their nervous system is in constant fight or flight or freeze, and this can cause difficulty relaxing, medical issues like high blood pressure, digestive issues, anxiety, depression, hyperactivity, or emotional reactivity. Emotional reactivity is the thing that Um, Parents message me the most about either that they have in themselves or in their children because they either didn't learn themselves how to close stress cycles or they aren't teaching their kids how to close stress cycles or it doesn't feel okay to let their child close a stress cycle. When I get to how you close stress cycles, you'll understand a little bit more about that. The other thing that can happen is if we model to our children how to close their stress cycle as children. They will eventually be able to self-regulate and close their own stress cycles, which is a very important skill that, like I said earlier, most of us as adults are severely lacking because we grew up in the stop crying, don't talk about it, you're fine generation. And so we don't know how to close our own stress cycles. So now as adults, we have these jacked up nervous systems that are constantly anxious or hypervigilant. And we don't know how to stop that, we don't know how to heal that, and we don't know how to teach our kids how to do that and so the emotional reactivity triggers a lot in us and so if we can one get a hold of our own stress cycles, which Paige is going to go into next week, but teach our kids how to do it we are we are literally breaking the generational cycle of not being able to regulate your nervous system. So that is how freaking important this is. And that's why I wish more people talked about it, um, because it really is the thing that like promotes emotional wellness and self-regulation in your kids. And the easiest way to do that is to start as young as possible. Now, if your kids are already, you know, 15, you can start there, but it is definitely easier to start when they are three or, you know, tantrum age, but it's never too late to start. You even need to start as an adult. If you haven't been doing this your entire life to teach our kids and set them up to be successful when it comes to managing the stressors of life as adults, because I think in the past, like two, two and a half, three years, if we've learned nothing (laughs) um, else, the only thing we've learned is that things just keep getting crazier. It's going to get more stressful there's all these extra things going on in the world and stressors that then come up in our like, day-to-day lives. And we want to teach them how to handle this in a healthy way so that they can be adults who aren't like us. We are constantly numbing, distracted, or unable to feel or express feelings. Either we're explosive with our feelings or we don't express or feel them at all. So we want to raise these happy, balanced kids. And this is one step in how we do that. Okay, how can you help your child close their stress cycle? I'm going to tell you a little story about my own kids and my dog. It was a Tuesday evening and I had just gotten off work and things were a little hectic around the house. My husband owns a contracting company. And so he often has like workers or people at our house at the end of the day or bringing materials back here because he's not quite to the place where he has like a shop yet. So all the stuff's out of our house. Well, most of it. Anyway, so there's like my nephew was helping him. There's some people in the front yard. I had just come in from work and it was pretty hectic. And so I had asked my son to let our great Dame Layla out because it was uh. She'd been in her can all day. She needed to go out. Anyway, so he does what he's asked. He lets her out. And I hear him shut the door and I don't hear it slam. And I'm kind of standing. Um, you walk out of our like dining kitchen area and you go down some stairs and there's our back door. And um I'm standing like right there, so I can see him letting her out. And I don't um hear like a slam of the door, but all of a sudden I hear this yelp, and it's Layla. And I look down and I see that part of her tail is in the door, but she's turned around and facing me, meaning that if, um, that that's like not physically possible based on she has a long tail, but not that long. And so I realized that it had taken her tail off. So I immediately panic and I try to stay as calm as possible because in a, in an emergency like this, I am not the calm person that I am freaking out and what I have learned my own experience through doing this a few times, not the door thing, but other situations with my kids is me freaking out makes them freak out. So, um, I just like try and stay as calm as possible. And I go get to him and say, you need to come here because I tell him what happened. So he comes like kind of running and there's blood all over the back porch. Um, and she is, the dog is physically shaking and the tail's in the door. So he opens the door and goes out. Luckily my nephew was here. He's like, the dog whisper. So we go out, we try to get Layla calm down. My kids at this point are losing their minds, like freaking out. I do not blame them at all. There's so much blood because if you've ever seen a tail situation, uh, they bleed a lot and the door somehow had chopped the tail clean off. Like, so it was like four inches missing from the bottom of her tail. My son, especially, he's very tender hearted. I've talked about him on and um, on here before he keeps saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. It was an accident. I'm like, I know it was an accident, buddy. He's like, I didn't even slam the door. And so I'm reassuring him. And then they go because we've lost dogs recently. Um, And my in-laws lost their dog. They think that the dog is going to die. So I'm going to miss Layla so much. She's going to die now. And I'm trying to calm them down. And so Tim, in thinking of like a calm, rational way, is like, hey, you should maybe take the kids upstairs. So I was like, okay, yeah. So I tried to take them upstairs and they would not go. They would not. They were like freaking out. They wouldn't even come with me upstairs. And then I don't know what happened, but this like moment of clarity hit me that like, they need to see that she's okay. I'm not going to be able to to drag them out of this situation without them seeing that she's okay because they need to close their stress cycle. When this happened, they went into fight or flight and they need to close that stress cycle just like I do by seeing that she's going to be okay. So what I chose to do is I chose to move them to a place where they can look out the back window and see that she's okay and that my husband and my nephew were helping like get her tail wrapped up and and clean off the porch, but they couldn't see like all of the, the goringness of it, because when you opened the door, the tail fell, I'm sorry, if this is too graphic for anybody. Um, the tail fell, fell, and it was just like laying on the ground, but we were worried about the dog and the kids. So, um, once we got her, like it, the back cleaned up and we got her tail, like stopped bleeding there, putting pressure on it. We decided to, um, I had my husband clean the tail up so that the kids could go around and see the dog. The dog was super calm by this point. Great Danes are the best dogs for kids, in case anyone's wondering. And they're like petting her and seeing that she's okay. My son especially wanted to help bandage her tail. And at first my husband was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And I was like, no, he needs to help because this is important to him in like closing his stress cycle that like everything's okay now. We're getting her the help that she needs. So we, he helped get her tail bandaged. we gotta calm down. We talked to her, him about what would happen over the next few days. The next morning he was, she, the dog was going to go to the vet. This is a big trigger because of other past situations where we've lost dogs. So they kept kind of saying like, oh, is Layla going to come back? I kept saying yes. Yeah, she just has to have her tail sewn up. Um, She ended up having to have surgery. That's a whole other thing. But then when she came back, I let them see her, pet her, and it was a whole ordeal the next day. But She's fine now, in case anyone's wondering. The kids are fine. They do ask about the tail, but they don't seem traumatized by it. Um, They don't seem like it was something that was like super traumatic. And I know in my gut that if I had ripped them away, made them go upstairs or outside, they would still uh, have more of an emotional reaction to it than they do. Now, in life, we're going to have emotional reactions to things. We're going to have memories that aren't necessarily pleasant but i really do feel like i helped them close that stress cycle if i had reacted based on my own fear and my own fight or flight which was to run away and not look at it and my feelings of protecting my kids because the mama bear in me came out and i was worried about the dog but i knew that my husband and nephew had the dog and they were way more equipped to deal with a medical dog emergency than I was. And so I knew that my role in that moment was to help the kids and protect them. I wanted to minimize the emotional damage. I would have missed an important opportunity to allow the kids to close the stress cycle in the way that they needed to and that their body was telling them that they need to. Each child needed to close their stress cycle in a different way. And your children will need to close their stress cycles in different situations, in different ways. It was imperative in this moment as their mother that I tuned into their individual emotional needs, even though I was in fight or flight mode myself. This isn't going to be perfect. You're not always going to execute it perfectly. And I'm sharing a story with you about the one time that I half executed it perfectly because I started to remove them and then I was able to bring them back. But we can try and model it to our kids by one, closing our own stress cycles and two, helping them close theirs so that they learn to close things in a healthy way. Now, when I talk about individually closing stress cycles for Sam, I knew because I I know him and you know your kids. So you'll just know that he needed to help take care of the dog, right? Because he was the one who shut the door on the tail. He needed to see that she was okay. He needed to be up there petting there right with her. The other two, I had one that was like just needing to be with me, but she didn't really talk about the dog or the tail. And she's my more physically cuddly affectionate one. So I knew she just needed me to hold her. So I sat with her while we looked and held her. My third one, Ava, just needed to see that the dog was okay. So that's where we looked out the window. I told her like what Tim and my nephew were doing to help fix the dog's tail or not fix it, but help the dog. And once they see, she's okay, she's, you know, she's looking their faces, she's smiling. And then we talked about what kind of treats we're going to get her and how we're going to set up like her bed so that she's comfortable and feels better. And so this helped all of them see that like, okay, she's okay. That helped their brain go from that really emotional fight or flight mode to, okay, we're safe now. You're still exhausted. You're still going to have that emotional Um, exhaustion from all of that adrenaline dumping but your body then knows it's safe and goes back to its regular functioning. When you're helping your child find the thing to close their stress cycle you want to follow their cues based on their needs and not what you think is what's best for them in the moment. So take a step back and say is this what's best or do I need to think outside of the box here? some ideas. Some of these might ring true like, hey, this is my kid. My kid likes this. So you can guide them towards that specific thing. Um, Some may not fit. So move is number one. Exercise physical activity. If you have a mover and a shaker, someone that needs to physically move anger or other intense emotions through their body, this will be important for them. This can be jumping on a tramp, riding a bike, swinging. You can really tune into their specific sensory needs and help tailor whatever you prompt them to do or help them do um, to what they already like. Breathing, deep breathing. There's square breathing, which is where you breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. And you can do that three to five times. Or you can do the four, seven, eight breathing, which is like in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. If those breaths are too long, you can shorten them um, for your child. I would recommend if this is something that if your kid really loves breathing exercises or you think they're really important to learn, I think it's really important for all kids to learn some kind of breathing, even if they don't like it, because it is super important, especially in the case of like panic or um, needing to, to take deep breaths when they're really upset. I would recommend practicing in these things when they're calm. So, a couple of times a day, stop and help them with the certain style of breathing you want to teach them, or have them try a bunch and see what they like best so that they're familiar with it when they are in fight or flight. This is why um, you don't teach new skills in the moment during tantrums, meltdowns, or fight or flight because your child's brain isn't like functioning in a way that allows them to learn and take in new information. But if the information is already there and you can help prompt them with it, then um they can typically access it and use those skills if um you haven't taught breathing but you know it helps um there's a co-regulation piece like where you just like hold your child close to you and they can feel your breathing and your heart rate and you do the specific breathing exercises talking about what happened can also be a really great way to close the stress cycle that's what i did um we're talking about like what's going to happen next, how it happened, reassuring my son that yes, it was an accident. She was going to be okay. It's not his fault. There's research that shows that when we talk about scary or traumatic things, the emotional reactivity part of our brain decreases. So as we're talking, we are helping our our body process what has happened and we're moving through that. and closing that stress cycle like it's okay now I just need to like process this and that's why after like really big traumatic events and um, like EMT responders or other first responders police they have like debrief sessions or they meet with a, a counselor or a therapist one or two times to just talk through what happened um, because they're helping close that stress cycle. Um, being creative so art if your child tends to like art or play-doh if they're a more sensory seeker, giving them opportunities to do that. It doesn't have to be like drawing or coloring. It can be sidewalk talk. It can be baking. It can be any outlet or specific hobby that they have that helps them be creative. Crying. So crying is a physical closure of the stress cycle. And that's why it's so important to not tell your kids not to cry. Um, because what this does is it signals to our body, the tears that like, Hey, okay, we're good now. We're okay. Like we're closing this this cycle. So if your child's crying, letting them cry, comforting them through the crying, but recognizing that it is a necessary part and it serves a purpose to communicate to our body that hey, we're safe now. Laughter. This is my favorite one. I love making jokes, uh, watching funny YouTube cat videos. So like later in the night, we watch funny like cat and dog YouTube videos. Great Dane ones, especially because it was our dog. It was a great Dane. But even just like this is why sometimes people who are in very serious jobs, therapists do this a lot. We have like a dark sense of humor and we laugh and joke about things that maybe aren't necessarily quote unquote funny. And it's our way of like closing the stress cycle. So you may and it doesn't have to be dark or inappropriate or sarcastic. It can be fun. You can tell jokes. You can laugh just finding something to laugh about. Physical connection, um, hugging or cuddling for 20 seconds. This helps with the co-regulation piece as well. Um, and them feeling your heart rate and your breathing slowing down. Sometimes this could be like just a snuggle or a hug or a squeeze, anything to help. Like, okay, I'm okay. You're okay. We're okay. The last is cold therapy. And this is the stuff you see all over TikTok for like your vagus nerve. So placing an ice pack on your chest. Some people put their face in cold water. I'm not really down for that. I prefer to like hold an ice cube or stick my hand in really cold water or take a drink of something really cold. You can also take a really cold shower um, if you're into that. I have clients who get very angry, like kids that cannot calm down and they love the shower the cold shower. So like they take a shower and sometimes they even take like a hot, a warm shower and then turn it to as cold as they can stand it at the end. And this helps them close their stress and anger cycle because it's signaling like, Hey, okay, we're cool now. We're good. It activates that vagus nerve. So those are just some ideas that you can try and you can see what works best for you. If you are interested in like problem solving ways to close the stress cycle or how you can help your child close a stress cycle i am now offering one-on-one problem solving sessions so if you go to the link in my bio on instagram you can fill out like the work with me application and i'll get back with you these sessions are perfect for parents who have kind of like a one-off question they live outside of utah or um they they're sick of like the cookie cutter parenting approach or maybe you hear an episode like this and you're like okay i love this but i don't know exactly how to implement it with my child, I can ask you questions and walk you through specific examples. So you have a good idea of ways you can implement things. It doesn't just work for closing the stress cycle. It can be how to respond during a tantrum, helping them with anger, with focus and um, attention issues, whatever kind of like problem may be coming up. So sign up for one of those if you feel like you would benefit from it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week. Hey, it's Paige. If you or someone you know is looking for therapeutic services, I'm accepting new clients in Idaho over telehealth or in person. So go ahead and check me out at www.parentingwithpage.com, skim my bio, and contact me via the contact form. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at lins underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.